Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Erin Fall Haskell. She's a doctor of divinity, and she's the founder and TV host of Good Morning La La Land, and so much more. She's going to be helping us navigate our lives and giving us some deep insight to who we really are. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. I am really pumped. I'm back in LA this week um, doing some touring with my book, um, getting to meet some old friends and some new ones, and uh, heading down to Rancho La Porta in Tecate, Mexico right away. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Rancho La Porta, you've got to check this place out. It's a wellness spa, and it's one of the top wellness spas in North America. They've invited me to come down this time to play some music at their wine bar called the Bazaar del Sol. Um, this is such a beautiful Beautiful, beautiful place to be at the base of Mount Kuchma. We do morning hikes and watch the sunrise. There's an organic garden, so they feed us with all this amazing food. Um, they've got music, they've got yoga classes, they've got speakers. I've been down there myself as a yoga teacher um, and also as a speaker on mindfulness. It's just a really great place to spend some time, so definitely check that out. Uh, I know I will be this coming week. I also um, am here in L.A. Uh, with family, which is kind of fun. We're doing a bit of a escape from the winter in Canada where I live, and uh, it's always nice to come down here and feel the sunshine in a different way during these months of winter. Um, today on the podcast, I'm so excited because Dr. Aaron is here. I met Dr. Aaron when I was on her TV show called Good Morning La La Land, and I got to know a bit about her at the time, and I was just so moved by all of the incredible things that she is doing in the world and just who she is. She carries just this beautiful energy and presence with her wherever she goes. Um, so we're going to be speaking with her in a few moments. I uh, wanted to just remind you before we get into the talk with Aaron um, to sign up for my daily intentions at my website. If you're looking for some inspiration, I send out a morning quote at keithmcpherson.ca, like Canada. And uh, I also wanted to uh, remind you that I have an online mindfulness course. So if you're finding yourself feeling a bit overwhelmed or stressed out and looking for some new ways to connect inward and find that balance, I'd highly encourage you to go through uh, my ABCs of Mindfulness course, which is under the freebies section at my website, keithmcpherson.ca. So to Dr. Aaron, Dr. Aaron Fall Haskell, she's a, she calls herself the Doctor of Divinity, and I can attest to that. Um, she's also, as I said, the founder of the TV show Good Morning La La Land, and she's a host on there. She also has this incredible community called Soul Society. <laughs> We're going to get the, the name right when we speak with her today, but it's a, an amazing community that she's building um, that she's going to share a little bit more about, I believe, in our talk today. She's a new thought minister. She's a best-selling author. She's an international speaker. She's a self-made millionaire. She's a global peace leader. Um, she has so much under her belt. That's just to name a little bit of who this woman is. She's accomplished a lot in, in her lifetime, and she has so much wisdom in the world of spirituality and manifesting a life beyond your dreams. Her book, Awakening, is incredible. So without further ado, I'd like you to meet Dr. Aaron uh, here in the car in Los Angeles, California. 
I'm back in the car and it's west. No, we're in Beverly Hills, I believe. I, I'm just getting to know my way around here. <laughs> yeah, we're like right on the border of West Hollywood and, and Beverly Hills. It's pretty fancy. It is, especially right here in this car. I love this. You know, I did so many live streams in my Range Rover and people loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I actually followed you doing those those live streams on Instagram. Yeah, mm -hmm. They were so inspirational and so real. I know. It's which fun. Is, to, that's, that's great. This is the best studio ever. Then we can be on the road all the time. Let's just, let's just keep driving. We should. We should do the like Pacific Coast Highway all the way up to like San Francisco. That'd be awesome. That'd be a long podcast. <laughs> But you have a lot to speak about. I have a lot to say. You're a, I uh, never shut up. It, well, and you're just, I mean, you've done so much in your life. I've just been reading and learning more about all of the background of who you are. And it's, uh, you have an incredible story, Aaron. People don't know how old I am. <laughs> I've well, been around for a long time. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, you've got a, a real youthfulness to you and uh, yet so much experience. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Likewise. So here we are, Bristol Farms. Um, that's a, a grocery store for the Canadians that don't know, in the parking lot. It's a Jewish place, actually. It's a lot of the Jewish people hang out, which I love all all walks and types and sizes and everything. But Bristol Farms is known to be a place where the Jewish people generally do their grocery shopping. Oh, really? So the rich people, basically. No, just kidding. Well, kind of. You're not, because I walked in there and my smoothie was $8. And yeah, it's <laughs> it no joke. Uh -huh. It's amazing. But I, uh, man, I'm just so excited you're here. And I first learned about you through Good Morning La La Land. Mm -hmm. um, I came down and was a guest on the show and immediately was drawn to your energy. That's so cool. So much yeah. fun to have you on the show. Yeah. Amazing times. Yeah, you have this um, deep spiritual connection, I, I sense. And uh, being in L.A., I'm, I'm just so curious just to start things off. I mean, it's such a, a mecca in, in a lot of ways for spirituality, I, I sense. But then there's lots of varying levels of people and who, what their motivation is. I just sense a groundedness in you, like a real mm. spirit in you. LA's like heaven and hell. It's really a great relative experience here. And I do think that you, if you're not grounded in LA, I think it'll really, it's going to shake you up real fast to get you either grounded or spit you out. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like an incubator for mm -hmm. getting closer to spirit. Mm -hmm. Wow! Yeah, I always say it's more advanced, and you can be a yogi over in the Himalayas and get Zen out all day long. The real spiritual mastery is right here. Yeah, yeah, in the urban mm -hmm. center. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So take me back. I, I was reading a little bit about how you first got into the work you're doing as a coach and as a doctor of, is it divinity? Divinity. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, take me all the way back to when that all kind of became realized for you. Yeah. So many people have heard my story and I, I, I actually get a little bit hesitant of telling my story because I tell it so much on podcasts. Mm. So I want to have new content for people, you know what I mean? But I had a stillborn, full term stillborn at the age of 22. And I had a moment um, after giving birth to his body and the next morning going back to the mortician's house and being completely alone in a dark room with red drapes, like literally a scene out of the movies and looking at his body and feeling so alone and realizing in a moment that we're not these bodies and that we're clearly, you know, spiritual beings. And I just committed. That was, that was 20, how old? My son's 24 now and he's obviously not that son. Um, mm. I got pregnant months a day later. So it has been, um, 25 years wow. of a spiritual track of really deeply seeking what the fuck we're doing here. No kidding. Mm -hmm. The um, the thing that just really pulls me to that, in that story, and you've told it so many times, is um, 
just the heart of, of what happened. I, I recently had a cousin who experienced a, a stillborn and it, like the timing of us connecting on this right now is just very moving for me. Um, and I just, I'm curious, I mean, if you go all the way back in time, there was a, the epiphany that you had, but I'm curious about at, at the time too, how did you move through that in a, mm. I mean, that's a very challenging thing. I remember I was in college and the next day I went back to school and I remember thinking the people next to me must be like, what the freak just happened? Wasn't she pregnant? What? They're probably like, oh my God. Like, but I didn't know what to do. And I just thought if I stop, I'm going to die. Mm. Like I have to just keep going. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how the answers are going to come. My parents, I mean, I love my parents to death and we've all grown a lot and healed since, but they didn't weren't there. They didn't fly in. They didn't like, are you kidding me? Like what is mm. going on? Like I didn't have a support system. I was married to somebody that I didn't know. I literally, he was 12 years older. I just thought that it would solve my problems in life if I had gotten married. So I had nothing. I literally just like, just, it was like grin and bear it. And I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. And it was just like holding it together as much as I possibly could. Wow. So to find the spirit in that, that's what mm. blows me away. Did, like, did you have a background of spirituality or was this like the first time that you experienced that? Well, how deep do you want to go down the rabbit hole, right? Let's so go. I'm so yeah. after years later, after doing a lot of spiritual work, you know, you track into your entire DNA, you track into your past lives, you track into um, everything. You can track into anything. And I remember in a regression, realizing coming into this lifetime, I was like, oh gosh, I really don't want to do this again. And I made a, a major commitment. And my commitment was I was going to reach enlightenment in this lifetime. Mm. I was going to figure it out in this lifetime. So when I did come into this lifetime, my mom told me she thought I was possessed because I would say there's all these people in my room at night. And I would talk about people's auras and all kinds of stuff. And she was like, my mom was really anti-spirituality because my father had gone off to go find himself through spirituality. So she was like, tell him to go away. And what are you talking about? And it was kind of like, there was a real non-validation of, of our spiritual nature. Um, she just didn't know. She didn't, you know, she didn't know. And um, so I just pretty much shut down all the abilities and I had major abilities coming into this lifetime. Wow. That's incredible. So, um, as you, as I'm hearing you speak about it as well, <clears throat> I'm just curious. So you, this, the thing you said about spiritual beings and we're not this body, and I've been looking at the principles that you operate under as well, and this whole idea that we're a soul. Like, can you explain a little bit yeah. more about what that means for people that I are love listening? I this conversation. It's so fun. Yeah. I don't have this conversation that much, um, like, of, of kind of my own. I don't talk about it a lot because I want people to experience their own, their own enlightenment experiences. Yes. So I don't, I actually talk more about principles and ways of healing yourself than I do about my actual kind of profound, um, crazy experiences in my spirit. One day I'll tell those stories, right? <laughs> um, so as far as beings and, and our spiritual nature, my truth is that there's only one spirit. I believe even my, my baby that died is the one spirit. So when you get clear of that, there's no more sadness around it. There's no more sadness of anything because 
you recognize that there's only one thing going on and I'm you and you're me and, and this is a fractal of the expression of the one the one God. We are God collectively, right? Mm. So um, the spiritual beings or angels and all that stuff, I really don't get into that because I feel like it's um, really personal for each person mm-hmm. and, um, and I really believe that they are just you. I mean, if you really want to get real, sure. the second coming of Christ is you are Christ consciousness. Right. You know, it's it's amazing we're speaking about this too, because just recently, I feel like there's been a deepening in, in my awareness or my consciousness around seeing heaven while being here in the physical form. Um, and as you're speaking, I'm just really sensing that as well, where you you almost rise up to some sort of awareness that everything is everything at that level. Yeah, there's no afterlife. There's only right now, right here, and you can either experience heaven or go all the way to hell. It's right here, right now. It's not you die and then one day. Like, there's no such thing as time. Time is only the measurement of consciousness. It's a measurement of of, of our creation, and so we have to have a time spectrum to see the cause and effect wow. of that. But there's no... Like it's all now. Yeah, they <laughs> talk about non-linear time. Yeah, like it's and all you happening. Know this, right? I mean, it's I, like, yeah. yeah, but I'm fascinated, and I know there's people that listen that are like, "What exactly does this mean?" Like, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to also get to that that awareness. And I know there's people listening today, especially that are needing to hear this in some way. I really trust that. Totally. Um, how do you navigate in a world that has this illusion of separation and stay connected? to that place of, of God, of spirit, mm. that awareness. I think it's the greatest challenge, right? The only dis-ease is amnesia. And our, we're doing two primary works when we're awakening. One is we're coming back to the true identity, the I am. Mm. And we're also no longer placing our power or our happiness or our suffering out in the world. So it's a constant life is like working for me and not against me, right? So... It's more about I'm actually happy when I feel like it's like your car, you know, the the little service button comes on or the engine button comes on before you break down, hopefully, right? It's showing you something's off. You got to do something. You need uh. to attend to something. So anytime I'm feeling a little bit of suffering or a little sadness or whatever, it's like, thank you for showing me that. That means I'm not living my truth. And that means I'm getting to where I'm putting my power out in the world or I'm getting out of my true identity. So for me, it's just like, oh, get back to your work, get back to the connection. And then you get back to, you know, full, full divine power. What are some of the things that get you back into that connected place? Oh, you know, meditation, prayer. I love prayer. Prayer, I used to think, was like a delusional thing, like some man in the sky, you're going to ask for something. Prayer is one of the greatest practices, which is really getting in right mind and declaring powerfully what it is, who you are committed to being. Because once you're really, you know, so my practice is all kinds of things. It used to be, I used to spend five hours a day in meditation or prayer. Now it's like a walking prayer, every breath. Everything is is my daily practice. Wow. Business is the greatest spiritual development. Say more on that. That's right? amazing. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I want to hear your perspective on that. Oh, geez. So many. I mean, wow. you, you have to get clarity about what you are, what you're becoming an expert in. You have to get clarity of what 
the product is and, and why that matters to you and what that solves mm. from a perspective of, again, your purpose and calling, the legacy that you want to leave on this planet. And then as you get into even technology, you know, you have to embody the skill set and the wisdom of, of what it is that your expression, just like your body, technology is an extension of, of this form that we have. Um, and then building team, you know, building team is you have to have a relationship and how do you not make someone wrong and, and help build them up in what their genius is and find out what their mission is and how it aligns with your mission. And mm. it's a, a divine spiritual practice every day. And it's an honor and it has the most beautiful challenges to get developed. And if we're here just to develop ourselves and use energy upon mind, then business is the greatest form because you can see exactly the cause and effect. Yeah. Well, and I look at you and I see you in the middle of Los Angeles with, I mean, there's just, every time I come here, I live in Canada. It's a little mm -hmm. bit, uh, what would be the word? Spacious, quiet, simple. Mm -hmm. And I come here and it's just, I'm bombarded. There's so much going on all the time coming at you. I mean, from all the options and opportunities and there's a lot of the egoic side of things where people are not yet woken up. And I just find at times it can be quite exhausting to be in that kind of energy like, how do you fill yourself up in, in, in this mecca of just so much? I think it's a challenge. It's something I'm actually really looking at in my life right now because I love it here and I love the hustle and I love the city. But if you don't rejuvenate and you don't tap into source and get into mother nature, I don't know if it's possible. I mean, you'd have to be a major master to be able to totally get zen out all the time in L.A. I have 40 Wi-Fis coming through my you know, duplex, like it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's unreal. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself toggling between your head and your heart? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a constant. I think that, um, I definitely live in my head a lot. I'm very like, um, I like, I am a thousand percent fulfilled. I don't know if I would say I have pleasure all the time right so that's like getting more into the divine feminine and receiving and all that kind of stuff people talk about uh -huh. and it's not from a perspective of a man and a woman that's like concepts that you know the culture has told us but the receptivity or, or directing of energy is really the masculine and feminine so getting more into that it's something that I, it's not natural for me it's way more natural for me to to plunge through in in my conviction and and directing energy versus receptivity, um, which is surprising for most people because most women that, you know, are better at their femininity and their masculinity. Yeah. Has that always been the way for you or has that shifted collectively with this movement too? I've yeah, been... I don't know. I mean, I just like the power of like, you know, directing yeah. energy. It's like fun. It's like a fun game. Well, I just sense you're such a creator too. I mean, I, yeah, look, at your, I look at your resume. You've created so much in your lifetime. You know, I am, you know, we all have our things like I watched a documentary about Kobe Bryant recently and just thinking about how he loved basketball. He loved the smell of the ball. He loved the sound of the bounce of the ball. He loved every aspect of it. He went, he would shoot a thousand, you know, shots um, beyond his training every day. And I love to create content. That's what I love to do. I do it 
way more than because we're like if you were Kobe Bryant he did that for probably a couple hours a day just mm -hmm. doing the shots what do you do two hours a day you know and for me I clearly I mean I for sure spent two hours a day creating content I just love the creative factor of bringing truth to the world in all kinds of forms from podcasts to books to content on the show every day to you know just social media like it's in my blood I can't not do it people are like I hate social media I'm like how do you hate it like this is my creative outlet you know wow. what is it about that for you like all of this I have no idea. It just, it just, I just wake up and it just like flows out of me. Oh, that's amazing. It just channels through. Just channels through. You're a real connector. I see you connecting, um, especially the coaching community. I can't, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Soul City? Soul Society. It was Soul actually, society. if you were correctly going to say it, because it's really a French word, Soul Society. Soul Society. Yeah. So, but, but I, I can't speak French and I don't say it correctly. So I figured, let's just say soul society. It's got a really elegant <laughs> name to it. That's for sure. I do love the name. I'd love to hear a little more about what, what that is all about and how that came into being. Yeah, it's a, it's, um, it's a legacy. It's the baby that I'm birthing in this lifetime, if you will, um, mm. in that I truly believe in today's world, people are dealing with loneliness. I mean, it's one of the biggest um, epidemics we're dealing with and our spiritual, you know, I believe all of our cultural issues are because we're spiritually just not connected. So for me, I always create business according to what I want. I'm really selfish in it, quite frankly. And what I truly desire is a community that's based in in spirituality, but also based in entrepreneurship, because I love entrepreneurship because it's so creative and, and all the stuff that comes along with it. Mm. Um, so Society is basically the number one spiritual coaching community because it really is about we're about entrepreneurship, enlightenment, and empowerment. And um, we are, you know, I'm just looking at social media and the whole online world, and it's been amazing. It's also connected us and it's also isolated us. Mm -hmm. So now I know in consciousness we're at a place where it's like going the single cell goes to an organism. Well, now we're going away from traditional families and we're going to find our like minded families. Oh, is that yeah. ever interesting? Yeah. So that's really where we're at in consciousness. That's where you'll see the most um, money being produced on in companies. This next little track is if people can create community. So it's really about you finding and creating and helping others create yeah. that community. Wow. So this soul... Soul society, society mm -hmm. is it's like um, soul society in one. Soul society. And it's, it's women-based. Is that right? We do have some men. Oh, there are men. And we do not discriminate, but we just, our branding has been kind of in the mix of this feminine empowerment movement. And so mm. we, we definitely will have more and more men, I'm sure. And what does it look like to be part of this, this group? Um, we have different levels. We have membership and leadership and we certify, um, spiritual coaches. So wow. there's different levels. Some people just come in just because they want to do their inner healing work. They want to come in and bird their purpose and get clear of their core values and really get clear in their life. The next level of leadership is more for spiritually based entrepreneurs. We have everything from real estate agents to all kinds of people, but they love to live in spiritual principles. So they do their inner work and they get developed in the eight principles of business and masterminds and understanding how to really um, bring it into their personal and professional life. They become the CEOs of their personal and professional lives. No, I and, love that. Right? That's great. Yeah. And yeah. then the third level is their the certification. And that's a 300-hour spiritual coaching certification program that's based on the E4 trauma method, truth triangle. It's based in universal law. I'm a I'm actually a new thought science of mind minister. So I teach I metaphysics. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, that's it's a, fun. Erin, what don't you do? This is incredible. <laughs> I don't have enough pleasure. That's what I don't do. I need to figure out how to like hone that because I'm just like so into this creative factor that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like it's like forgetting to eat. And believe me, I never forget to eat. Yeah. But it's like you know we need to feed our souls at that level, and and um and it's you know taking the backseat for sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like the energy of a Leonardo da Vinci, or like you know with these classic creators that they're, they get so caught up in their passion mm-hmm. that they forget to self-care because they're, yeah. they're just so in it. It's like, that's their joy. It is. It's my core, my core value. My core value is growth. Wow. So like what might pleasure look like outside of that realm or is that still to be decided? Oh, I think intimacy and, you know, just laughing with your friends or going on that vacation to the tropics or just doing things that I love to do. It's just that it's not, it's not my core value, Sure. but I enjoy it. So like, you know, of course you just, I think it's natural. You need to have the ebb and flow of balance and, and the universe will do it regardless. So whether (laughs) it will, it will make you get depressed if you don't have that that balance right so you have to it will naturally find its way to you wow as a coach um working with people i find this too as a coach um it's that's that self replenishing is so important because you can't help but take on the energy of everything that's happening around us and how do you kind of come back into balance like you're saying so it's, it's really awesome to hear you speaking from that place it's like that's refreshing because so many people pretend they're superheroes and they just kind of like push through. But I think you're onto something when you talk about the slowing down, the connecting, the intimacy for sure. Well, it's just principles as a coach. It doesn't mean I have it all figured out. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It means that I teach principles that if you apply them, they work period end of story. Yeah. You know, and we're all human. So like any coach that says they've got it together, I would run as far as you can. <laughs> I'm out of here. Well, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. you see that too. So it's, okay. Um, switching gears a little bit. I noticed that you had been speaking recently online about comparing the unconscious mind to a computer. Yeah. It's one of the greatest analogies. So oh my easy. goodness. Can you elaborate on that for our listeners? I, it's so cool what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. So the subconscious mind works identical to a computer really and truly because it's energy and we're in a binary. It's really is just like the matrix in that there's a positive and negative and you can instantly put a positive or negative meaning on something and instantaneously feel a positive or negative feeling, right? So if you take a look at your computer, if you're looking right now, maybe you're on your phone or a computer, you can touch, you can hold your your phone or you can see your um, computer. That's the hardware and our bodies are the hardware of, of us. And then inside of your computer, you have software. You, you get those stupid updates on your phone, you know, whatever. Well, we have software. Of the night, in the middle of the when night, you're not yeah. expecting yeah. it, <laughs> and yeah. then um, we have software. It's our belief systems. It's basically our, our programming, and then you have memory. And in your computer, you know, you can have good memory, not good memory, whatever. In us, we have memory of everything, everywhere. Every every cell has memory. It's the DNA. It's what now is an entire study called epigenetics, which is proving that we clearly have memory of all lifetimes. Whether you want to say all lifetimes or just your DNA, and your DNA has been through all lifetimes, so whatever you want to call it. And then, um, and we call it the Akashic records in spiritual work, but it's basically mental pictures. Um, and then, and mental pictures are made up of energy. And so it's the same thing, right? And then you have the operator. So you can have the greatest computer with the greatest software, with the greatest memory. It doesn't do squat, right? You got to have a good operator that knows how to work it. You are that you're the spiritual being, you're the operator and you're not your body. You're not your beliefs. You're not any of the memory. You're not any of your past. You get to create now from 
your karmic debt, which is the sum total of your all cause and effect. So now you've got this beautiful playground that you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Wow. So we get to create anything, meaning like, for example, an airplane. Steel is not supposed to fly, but if you put it with, you know, the right torque and the right engine, it can fly. Anything's possible. You have the ability to create anything that you want. How do you tap into that source? Like I know you, meditation, but yeah. specifically. It's a counterintuitive process. So the, the, the work that you do in meditation or tapping the source is not about trying to get to that miracle or trying to get to the manifestation or trying to get to whatever. It's actually a counterintuitive source way of doing it, which is basically, as you know, it's releasing the limited beliefs, re- expanding consciousness by seeing past your limited viewpoint and keep expand it as you keep expanding it over and over again you get to a place where you expand it so much that actually it allows the truths of the universe to stream in and it can't stream in until you have emptied the cup as the you know zen master would say right Mm -hmm. you have to have an empty cup to fill the tea otherwise it's gonna it will be you know it'll be toxic with all the other stuff you already have in it you have to have an empty cup to fill the tea yeah that's a beautiful analogy for that Wow. It's like being with that is very powerful. Wow. There's um, another piece that's coming up for me as we're speaking about this. And it's so interesting because as we talk about this, it's, it's so cognitive, like it's so mental. But to experience this is a whole other realm, I find. Like to be it, to, to experience it in that realm. And there's so many times that I find myself in a situation where I... I want to express, I want to chant, I want to connect to spirit, but I, you know, I'm at an Airbnb or I'm, <laughs> I'm out in the world and it, it's like this sort of self-consciousness of, well, people are going to think I'm crazy. Mm. So how do you build spiritual confidence in those kind of situations? It's mm, a great concept. You know, for me, I remember when I first started quote, quote, awakening and I started quote, quote, channeling and whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I thought I'm going crazy. Like something, is this normal? Like, you know, cause all this crazy stuff starts happening and it, it really is kind of like the, you know, the Phoenix rising. You really do kind of have to die off and then you get reborn in that the identities have to shed. And I think it's the hardest work you'll ever do huh. is letting go of all those different identities and, and letting go. And, and it's a mental, you have to die mentally. And that means not caring what anyone thinks of you. That means letting go of the identity of what if you aren't what, you know, keeping up the Joneses and things like that or doing what your parents thought you should do or or what you expected yourself to do. And it, you've got to be okay with your worst self and and getting stripped down completely raw in life. And like, and yeah, when you get past that point, when you're un- you are unshakable, you're unstoppable. You, you, that's what I consider a spiritual badass because mm-hmm. it's untouchable. You are an untouchable. Wow. And people going through that right now, trying to find their mm-hmm. spiritual badass. I love that connection. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fear in there to, to shedding the mind story. Look, whether we do it at the end of this life and we have to die, the universe is going to make you, you have to let go of everything. <laughs> It's like, it's not fun yeah. anytime you do it, whether you do it at the end of your life or whether you do it now. It wow. is a death in the sense that there's only life, but there's a death of the identity, death of attachment around it. Wow. I'm thinking of St. Francis. He's like, the prayer of St. Francis at the end is in dying 
were born into eternal life mm-hmm. and dying, like whether that's right now sitting in a, in a rental car <laughs> <laughs> to shed an ego or, you know, at the end of your life. But that's so true, isn't it? To yeah, just it's wake. not easy. That's the, that's the spiritual warfare. Yeah. That is a spiritual warrior. That's what it is. It's not about taking the sword out. It's about, you know, the sword is about slashing the old identity. Wow. Just be, there's so much um, spirit in this conversation. I'm like, I'm noticing myself going up here and then coming down mm-hmm. to the heart and the toggle going on between this. It's just so interesting. And to let ourselves give ourselves permission to just simply be with, without trying to fix or solve or do more or be, it's like to just be with what's here. It's really coming up here for me right now. And I think that's such a great point. I think earlier when you asked, you know, what do you do to get connected? What do you do? And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they start meditating or they start taking, you know, the next course, whatever, hoping to get whatever out of it. And it's actually the worst thing you can do for your for your awakening process. The best thing to do is actually have zero expectations and allow the process because it's in grasping on to what you want to come out of it. It's actually hindering the process. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I call those people spiritual junkies that are always looking for the next mm. course or the next online whatever or to fix the problem. I mean, we're, we're in a, a society that seems like that we just medicate or we there's something outside of us that fixes us Mm -hmm. but what i'm hearing you say is to just be with without and and to be with as opposed to getting some outside yeah and i think you come back like i remember kind of renouncing everything in my mind for a while but then once you're okay with you know being in this world but not of this world and you really realize you don't get to keep any of this stuff then for me then it becomes a fun game and then you are able to come back and create stuff and and have the material world and enjoy the playground of life without being so attached to it. Do you ever find yourself slipping and coming back? Like, is it constant in this life? We call it a daily spiritual practice for a reason. So I don't think you're ever fully out of it, but I think you can never go back. Like I remember actually the first time I actually realized that I am in enlightenment state. It wasn't the time I was out of body. It wasn't the time that I felt, you know, all this, um, miracle experience. It was actually a time that I actually felt I was feeling really sad, but I realized it was just like this experience. It wasn't real. And I was like, Oh, like I'm having an experience of feeling down. This is fascinating. But I had no I was still felt completely untouched in it. Wow. And that's when I was like, oh, this is, this is different. This is different. So you were feeling the sadness, but also observing it? It was like observing it. Yeah. It was like watching a movie. Right? <laughs> so funny. I had one of your co-hosts on Rob Mack mm-hmm. in a car. I love Rob. <laughs> we mm-hmm. were down at the Hollywood Bowl parking lot <laughs> and he said the exact same thing about what it's like watching a movie mm-hmm. that's going by without getting hooked into the storyline yeah or if you're gonna jump in there it's like you're conscious of it he's the best at teaching presence he's really good at that yeah i'm more like at the divine hustle at this point in my track so i'm like (laughs) i already did the presence thing let's let's play some fun games now (laughs) right right the divine hustle (laughs) yeah the divine hustle (laughs) so what what is what are you hustling at right now like what's what's exciting you the most i'm dealing truth no, just kidding. Um, what excites <laughs> me? Yeah, yeah. What excites me most is yeah. 
I mean, I love E4 trauma that I came up with, like, because I feel like after doing so many different workshops and seminars and all this stuff, I feel like, um, like the secret, the, the documentary was missing something majorly in that it was having people try and manifest a bunch of material crap instead of actually manifesting what their, what their real, uh, really fulfilled life. And I think that for me, the missing link of all the law of attraction and stuff is understanding that there's trauma. Like you can try and want to manifest all day long and maybe you either will manifest what you think you want and then still not be fulfilled or you're going to not be able to manifest. So what is the missing link? And for me, the missing link is trauma work because what happens when you have trauma an emotional trauma, it's a high state of, of a negative state. And what happens is you decide something. It's a limited belief that gets commanded in the subconscious mind in that emotional trauma. Mm. And it is usually, it's an identity, like I'm not enough or I'll never trust again or da da da, da right? I'm somebody who doesn't trust. I'm somebody who's not enough. I'm That's an identity, right? So it plays out like puppet strings in people's lives. And that's actually what's manifesting. That's actually what's determining what you're manifesting. Is the belief that's yes. unconsciously playing. Yeah. 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 So the trauma work is like the key. If there's a key that I was like, after 22 years, I had been on this big track and I was like, other than meditation, the trauma work was the biggest thing that had me have the biggest quantum leaps. Wow. So bringing that out to the world and having people understand, because uh-huh. I was like, why don't we know what we're supposed to eat, but we don't eat that? Why do I know that this relationship's bad for me, but I'm still in it? Why, you know, why I don't understand. And it was because I didn't understand the commands that were running my life. Yeah. There actually, there's a difference between, there's a belief, but there's a command. A belief is like telling the fish what water is. It doesn't even know. It's literally like I'm in the water. I don't know what water is, right? That's your belief. It's what you be and what you live. Command is an actual statement attached to that belief. It's actually something when you get triggered or when you get upset, you actually will kind of say it inside like, oh, no one stays. I can never trust anyone. Oh, wow. You yeah. actually say it within, like under your breath when you get really upset. Yeah. Mine like- was, I-, I can't do this. I'm out of here. Like, it was like, you know, I, I can't get love, therefore I'm not going to love. I'm out of here, you know, like whatever that is. So it actually is. A I feel st- like I got multiple ones oh, oh, people, going on yeah. all the time. People have like, <laughs> you, generally there's about five core ones that people have and they'll state them and you'll start noticing them. What are they? Like the five? Um, well, mine were, um, I'm, uh, I can't do this. Uh-huh. I'll win. Like if you overstep, I will like, you know, I will win uh, and not a good way, not for the highest good, not for like, I will take you down. Yeah. Right. Um, um, I'm not enough. No one stays. My dad left, you know, the command around all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our commands and they run out and you can neutralize them and, and make them, they'll still be there, but they're not going to have, you'll see them and you'll be like, oh, I get to play that old school, you know, divided self or I get to step into my grace and really be the person that I really want to be and create what I want in my relationships. So when those commands come up, mm-hmm. what should I do? Observe them. Uh-huh. Notice them. Breathe. You know, if they're coming up, it depends. If they're coming up and you're like, oh my God, like I, you can't even control it. It's coming up. That means you need to do your trauma work. But if once you've done your trauma work, if they come up still, which they probably will a little bit, you know, and you're like, oh, there's that old... There's that old command. <laughs> this is fascinating. I get a choice right now. What's the trauma work? The trauma is E4. And what it is, it's four steps of going into, basically you re-experience the same um, episode that happened. Um, like, for example, if someone's 
raped or they, you know, had a big breakup or their parents yelled at them or, you know, there's usually we have multiple in our life and you go back and you re-experience it. To that source that may have caused the command? No, you go back to the actual experience. Of the trauma. Uh Uh-huh. And you actually re-experience it as if it's happening right now and you don't evaluate because it's the backstory or the limit story that is around it that actually keeps the emotion keep going. It energizes it. Mm. And then you want to actually fully experience the emotions until they neutralize until they're just like, uh, yeah, and then I was raped. You know, it sucked, but it is what it is, right? And then you want to stay and you want to have some kind of an enlightenment around it. So we're looking for to spot your commands. We're looking to um, see what epiphanies you have around the whole thing um, and what new possibilities come out of that. Wow. Yeah. So this E4 work, you want to bring it to the world or you are bringing it to the world. uh And what does that look like in the form that it's coming through? Um, Well, it comes through, we we train everyone in soul society around it, but um, we, it's coming into a new book, Spiritual Badass, and then we'll give it away as a free, you know, workshop for people to do with themselves also. Um, Obviously, if someone's had major trauma or mental disorders, they need to seek help, you know, Mm -hmm. but this is a a spiritual right. We get the spiritual right to do our spiritual inner healing work. And then it tracks back what sets E4 apart from, say, a cognitive therapy is we do it in past life regressions as well. So Uh it's really about getting clear of all your traumas in this lifetime and then getting into the epigenetics of the past lifetimes and being able to neutralize those as well. Wow. What a service for people just to be able to go through and experience that and and update and to be awake. Yeah. Yeah. Which is your your first book was all about. Awakening. Awakening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was 40 days. 40. Yeah. 40. I was curious about that. Because it's a spiritual practice. 40 days is considered um, an astrological, um, like full cycle. And um, it's just, uh, it's been a great, you know, the book's been great. It's been, I I recommend everyone to write a book. And the reason why is because it really makes you distill down your teachings, your message. And it's really the platform for everything you're doing, whether it be speaking on stage, whether it be taking your products out to the world, whatever. I believe that books are really spoken word. It's, it's word. Word is profound. Mm, Yeah. As you're saying, what was the process like of writing that book? It was the hardest thing I've ever written in my life. Was it? I was the worst. I was dyslexic as a child in elementary school. I was terrible English, couldn't spell, and I still can't spell. Like, I literally, like, switched things up all the time. This is a serious success story that you... No, I know. Literally, like, yesterday, someone was asking for my zip code, and I got it backwards. I I still don't even get my own zip code backwards all the time well Aaron what's coming to me you're so you are counterintuitive like to most people it's a beautiful gift of yours it's so authentic yeah so if I can write a book anyone can write a book (laughs) right it comes down to commitment and and prevailing wow And so just describe the book a little bit. So it's, it's 40 days. So is it based on a daily practice that's it's, happening? Um, it's actually, well, it takes you through the full spectrum. It's based on four steps of awakening, okay. which is waking up, becoming conscious of how your world is actually a, a exact mirror of what's going on in your consciousness. Mm. Um, and then it takes you into reprogramming. It takes you into how you, it's really, you've got to release all kinds of stuff. It doesn't get deeply into E4 in there, but it gets into really becoming conscious of what you need to reprogram. And then it gets into aligning, aligning with your personal truth and aligning with universal law Mm -hmm. and then affirming. So the four steps again are wake up, reprogram, align and affirm. 
And it's something every day, every way. You should do it every single day. That's so it takes beautiful. you through all the spectrums from your relationships and love, your money and career, your health and wellness, and your creative expressions. We call it the four legs of life. That's like having a table. And if you don't have one of those legs, it's not going to work. So it um, gets into all four areas of your life of how to go through those four steps. You exude creativity. <laughs> the way you've designed these systems to just like work together cohesively. It's beautiful what you put together. Thank you. It's It's been a, a freaking journey that's for sure but looks like you you're doing the same thing you're here you're you're bringing consciousness through conversation and well that first meditation and everything you do and books and i mean you're you're profound you know thank you well that that first piece you said in the uh, the four steps of the world is a mirror i mean i just feel like as i'm sitting here with you and i'm i'm taking in everything that you're sharing and it's just yeah it's like affirming the creativity in me and hopefully vice versa mm -hmm. of just that that beautiful mirror that the world becomes when we're awake it's so cool. It's awesome. And we're all just beginning. Look at look at this great you know, community. Like how do we link up more all of our community and how do we hone it and make sure that everybody is thriving? It's one of the yes. next projects I'm working on. So <sighs> I feel like the biggest thing going on right now is loneliness. It's an epidemic for so many with technology. So how do we move past traditional social media and get it into platforms in a way that we can have our like-minded community and bring it offline as well. So I'm developing um, the app within Soul Society and working with some techies to get some technology going to where, you know, say you're in West Hollywood and you'd be able to know, you know, who's who you, who's your tribe in West Hollywood, who's like-minded, who cares about these things, who wants to meet up and exercise or who wants to hang out and do an event together or whatever it may be, or maybe just having a prayer partner or whatever that may be. Wow. And how do we hone that? down to where it actually works you know because wow. social media is great but we don't really yeah how do we actually connect with somebody what's coming to me as you're saying that is just like the intention behind it too it gives it like a focus yeah about connecting community positivity versus um <laughs> this sort of just dumping whatever shows up on your feed yeah totally right how beautiful yeah so somehow we're gonna figure it out that's incredible well i'm curious how people can stay in touch with you Dr. Aaron. Yep. <laughs> I know. So I, all, I follow your Instagram, yeah, Dr. All, Aaron. All my social media is DrAaron.tv, which is D-R-E-R-I-N.tv. Yep. And then you can look up Soul Society, S-O-U-L-C-I-E-T-E. -E. That's on social media and the website. And Good Morning Lala as well. Um, they're all on social media, all websites. Um, and you can get my, you can binge my free podcast. I do like 11 to 22 minute ones, teach universal law and all kinds of great stuff on spiritual coaching. That's Soul Society with Dr. Aaron. Um, and then there's lots of freebies. I give my book away free as a PDF that has 40 guided meditations on it. Um, it's on all my social media. You can just go to my bio on IG and everything's there. The events, all the freebies, all everything's there. Yeah. Anyone listening right now that's looking for some light in their life, go check out Dr. Aaron's work. It's uh, every time it comes up in my Instagram, I'm just like, I pause and I'm like, this girl is just, I, can I say girl, woman, whatever, <laughs> whatever spiritual matter. being that yeah. just flows through and it's just, oh man, you just land at the perfect time in my life. I'm so grateful. So cool. I'm so glad we're connected. I look forward to connecting more and seeing how I can service all of your programs and everything. And I want to know more about what you're up to. And um, it's an exciting time. Yeah. Really exciting. Building community. Mm -hmm. Awake an awakened community. That's right. At the Bristol Farms parking lot, <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> ba bam. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Aaron. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love you. Mm, I love you too. So great. Thank you for having me on. Mm -hmm.
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation from the car with Dr. Aaron as much as I did. It was just such a gift to spend time with her and hear all of her brilliant wisdom and insights around how to awaken and how to manifest a life of just living our best dream while we're here on the planet consciously. Dr. Aaron, thanks for being here. Please check out her website, AaronFallHaskell.com. And until next time, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Let's Connect.